point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and normal. You don't want to come back to my place? That smell makes me nauseous. I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? We doing a show here, boss? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today on Beer with Buffy, we're reviewing episode 12 of season 5, entitled Checkpoints. Handy uh, that checkpoints in the middle of the season. I know, right? Good call. It's almost like they thought about it or something. Yeah. I'm drinking a skunky strawberry blonde that may or may not stop tasting like my uncle's breath. At some point during the episode, I'll let you know when I stop vomiting a little bit in the back of my throat. Oh, God, that sounds awful. It does, doesn't it? But aside from that note, fuck a doodle do, Rex. Well, well. Look who came by for a little sucky sucky. <laughs> Go on. Go on. You can finish it. Fuck, I gotta. I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> Don't say it like that. <laughs> but I wanna. <laughs> I want to say everything like Spike. All the time. Every day. All day. All the time. Spike. <laughs> He's an abusive con. He is, yeah. in fact. Real piece of shit. Real fryer bag of work he is. If you didn't know, we were just referencing something from our Facebook group yeah. where we share dumb memes. So if you'd pay more <laughs> attention to that, you'd get the in-jokes. Yeah. So you're welcome for that. It's almost like we're a community or something. Well, we're trying. We're trying. Hey, Rex, last I checked, we have an announcement to make. We, in fact, do have an announcement to make. Don't get too excited, guys. It's nothing new. In fact, it's old business. It's old business because uh, we announced a winner to the hoodie contest for reviews, and they never got back to us. The review drive, specifically. Yeah. Uh, so we've pulled a new name. The name is Karen Hart Joe. The review titled, An Actually Good Buffy Podcast. And that's a heart um, spelled out with... Old school symbols, so it's actually a less than and a three. Yes, less than three. Karen less than three Joe. Which is a heart. Yes. So it's Karen Hart Joe. So Karen, uh, you said in your review that you're going to continue listening. Hopefully you're continuing your listening and you can get back with us immediately and you win a hoodie. God, minus the strawberry that tastes exactly like my uncle's breath. <laughs> Not that I've ever tasted my uncle's breath, but I'm, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, when when you're a kid and your family member is drunk and they're just talking too loudly and too close to you. And they lean and, in a little too close. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly like that. That was my Uncle Billy. <laughs> we all had that uncle. Yeah. We all did. I had several of those uncles. One of and them they're, they're, they're always handsy, too. They're always like, <laughs> like they got to like shake you by the shoulder and yeah. like ruffle your hair and it's all like it's violent like, that hurts that's how you know it's love boy yeah. <laughs> except they wouldn't use the word love because they're too masculine for that don't be a uh, whatever moving along uh <laughs> so uh 
Look who came by for a little sucky sucky. Um, <laughs> the world- <laughs> I just can't get over that meme. It's the world's <laughs> shortest Spangel slasher script that ever yeah. happened. <laughs> and I could probably write, I could get at least a half hour script out of that. Get on it. anyway it's time for the most important part of our show aside from the show where we fuck a doodle do yes but not literally i hope because that sounds cruel yes right in the cloaca all right (laughs) this is that in fact that part of the show where we announce all of our executive doodle do's aka patreon supporter we have clubby the seal who is actually cubby the seal but i'm an asshole and from there on out mr tabalicious sandra craig jay sommer Catherine parkinson karen moon chris v-man katrick j fur scarlet choi quotent quotables for a thousand dollars please alex That's good. Good pull. That's good. That's a good pull. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> See in quotes heaps. Well done. <sighs> speechless. Yeah. I'm totally speechless. Get on with the fucking I, list. I have, I have very little speeches to give. Andy Burgess, K Fronome, Father DeFinistrato, Matthew and DeBerg, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Thank that. you so very, very much. Without you, this show literally is not possible. Correct. We need all them doodle-doos. <laughs> and we need them all going, fuck, fuck, fuck off! All the time. <laughs> it's what powers the little battery that is the little beer with Buffy that could. Yeah, yeah. That is correct. Well, on with the show. I think it's time for a, a mom synopsis now. On with the show! Uh Oh, that other bit that I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bit at all. It's real. And yeah, sure. It's totally real. It, it, someone's missing their entrance. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Sorry I'm late. I was in the bathroom. <laughs> We've talked about this, Mom. We've talked about this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are you doing, Joshua? What are you doing? Besides berating your poor mother. Oh, just flailing about, uselessly vying for the approval of a bunch of assholes who are just using me for their own selfish ends. Oh, my beautiful baby boy. Look at you, discovering capitalism. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Wow. That was an intelligent comment, both in its offering of insight into sociopolitical commentary about our current but also ancient and ongoing power structure, but also flattering to myself and supportive in the nature of its unconditional parental love. You're not my real mom! That's right, Joshua! I'm not your mother at all! Are you a god? (laughs) Well, that has a nice ring to it. When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes! God damn it! (laughs) Well, for Keanu's sake, Joshua, you're so moody. Well, of course I'm a god. Did you even have to ask? No, because I know you're not, but I knew you'd say yes. See? I had the power over you all along! (laughs) Curses, Joshua. You've painted me as the devil I am, and neatly drawn poignant and comical parallels between your relationship to your mother and the characters of Buffy the Vampire Slayer yet again! I know, right? Because today on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Buffy and Giles, and well, okay, all of the Scoobies get a big, wet, gross visit from the Watcher's Council themselves. Moist and in-person. 
They presume to put Buffy through the ringer. Obligatory shout out to Twitter user at Buffy Ringer, whom I know for a fact has never listened to our show. Anyway, they have information on Glory that Buffy needs to defeat her, and they'll be goddamned, no pun intended, if they're going to let go of it without making sure she knows who's in charge. Therefore, she must complete a review of approval, testing her physically and mentally. Meanwhile... Glory has a hunch that Buffy knows where the key is, and it doesn't take her much effort to find Buffy's house and pay her a casually life-threatening visit. Literally. Buffy bluffs her way out of it and sends Joyce and Dawn to stay with Spike because he's the only one strong enough to protect them that she knows of. Buffy gets attacked by an ancient order of knights on her way to the final council review. She steps in and informs them that they have no leg to stand on, the council I mean, not the knights, and she will not submit to their childish power games. They cave and they give her the info on Glory, and they give Giles his job back with retroactive pay, which sounds like enough money for me to retire on. Oh, by the way, Glory's not a demon, she's a god. The end! Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 as the sun goes down, 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 Competition is a beautiful thing. Ooh, let the episode begin! I almost thought you were going to make a Black Knight reference. <laughs> a knight with no leg to stand it's on. just a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that missed opportunity. <laughs> what are you going to do? We open at Buffy's house where there's a Scooby meeting. That is correct. Scoobies are meeting where Giles has given them some news from the Watcher's Council. And uh, it's not good news. Uh, is it bad news, Rex? Yeah, because they're coming to town. That is the opposite of good news. It is. Watchers Council's coming to town. I'm kind of annoyed because uh, the last time on Buffy spoiled that this was an episode that involved the Watchers. I, I can see that. I mean, it seemed fairly obvious that it was going to go down that way pretty early in the episode anyway. Well, but, yeah, I mean, like, right away, Giles is like, the Watchers are coming to town. Right. And, like, I just would have liked that to be sprung on me a little more. Even if it's a surprise in the first scene, it's still a surprise. Exactly. Rather than going into that scene knowing that that's what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. I'm validating your emotions. I'm sprinkling all the validation Thank you. your way. That's, that's, that's all I ask for, a little validation. Yeah. For that exact subject matter alone. <laughs> Oh, okay. No, nothing else. Well, damn. <laughs> I'm going to hoard it like my field of fucks. <laughs> it's not really barren. I just have a basement full of jarred fucks. Yeah, I mean... But you don't tell people that. God, no. That'd the be... next thing you know, they want your fucks. Everybody's it's... coming over, and all they want is your fucks, and they're being yeah. real nice to you, and you can't tell who's really nice and who just wants your jarred fucks. Yeah, they knock on your door at all hours, being like, hey, can you spare a cup of fucks? We're all out of fucks. Well, yeah. sounds like a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yep, the Watchers Council is riding an infinite redundant loop through one another's assholes on a cloud of farts <laughs> over the Pacific Pond <laughs> to come and make Giles realize just how wonderfully delicious their farts smell. And boy, howdy, is it going to be a smug fest. Yeah. But no, really, they're coming over supposedly to help with the glory situation because purportedly they have information. Yep. And it's all the super special classified intelligence that nobody else can have. 
More importantly, specifically, Giles mentions that it's Quentin Travers that is coming, and uh, he's the one who was running the trials that Buffy had to go through. Ah, yes, a recurring douchebag. My favorite kind. (laughs) So, yeah, their intelligence, you know, it, it may be important, but boy, is it a long shot from how important they are. (laughs) <laughs> and above all else they're farts men they're farts there is no importance to them quite like self-importance and the smell of their farts it's so sweet can't you see <laughs> Anya of course is scared that they're going to want to kill her because yeah. she's a former demon not a current demon mind you I think that's fair I'd be a little worried in Anya's shoes she should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seems like she's got her tracks pretty well covered. And also, with as much shit as they know, it seems like they would already kind of know. Yeah. And just have chosen not to bother with it. Like, they know that they deal with Spike, too. And Angel. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I have things on, on kind of on that note. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Buffy is scared that they're going to fuck everything up, rightfully so. Yeah, because, you know, they have a track record of fucking everything up. Boy, howdy. And so there's an interesting moment where Buffy says she has to take care of Dawn now. Yep. Xander catches her phrasing on this, noting that that's not any different from any other time. You've always taken care of Dawn. And I really enjoyed the look on Giles's face here because it perfectly reflects how he notices the complexity of Buffy's position here, having to hide Dawn's true nature from the rest of the Scoobies. Yeah. And yet she still has to talk about her. But only her and Giles and Joyce know that she's the key. And oh, it's complicated. This is one of the few, very few times where I actually agree with them keeping this card close to the chest. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's especially after they learn that Glory is a god. That like yes. fuck. It's, it's absolutely completely <laughs> necessarily classified information this time around. Every yeah. other time it's like, oh well, I don't I'm protecting their feelings. No, this is protecting actually classified information. Yeah. yeah. Which I think This information has to far and away be more classified than anything the Watcher's Council thinks that they have. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. God. These smug little fucks. I just want to purple nurple them (laughs) until they bleed this whole episode. Oh, God. I I have so much to say on that, but we have to get there first. I wouldn't get off on it, at least not in a sexual way. So much to say on that. We will get there eventually. Yeah, they're, they're not even here yet. They haven't even written um, in on their cloud of farts yet. We get a little snippet here where just after Buffy kind of rides the line between hinting that something's up with Dawn and like trying to not particularly well cover herself on it, Dawn is coming down the stairs and it starts listening in on their conversation. This time doesn't actually hear anything particularly important. Right. Uh, but immediately gets caught by Joyce, and then Buffy overhears that Joyce caught Dawn, and, you know, basically Buffy's, like, super worried that Dawn heard too much. But we already know that Dawn heard too much last episode. Yeah. And that doesn't really get addressed, per se, in this episode. So that's still hanging over our heads. It is It is hinted at. Kinda. It is kinda hinted at. 
It's in body language acting, but like it's kind of hinted at. Do you remember exactly what she heard at the end of last episode? Oh, God. Something no. about... <laughs> I think just knowing that there's something involving her, I don't think yeah. they said that she's the key specifically. Yeah, I can't... I don't think she knows she's the key. Which, hopefully, if she did and knows that Gloria is looking for the key, that she would have the intelligence not to inform her. Right? <laughs> right? Like if self-preservation, if nothing else, ju- yeah, Dawn. yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Willow sloughs it off. It's like, who cares if Dawn's listening? What does it matter? I mean, is she really gonna sit, set the junior high school buzzing with, "Ooh, there's a delegation a coming"? Just thought that was some good Willow speak oh, there. Yeah. And then immediately cut to Glory's place. Yep, where her minions are. Uh, bringing in another person for her to suck the sanity out of. She's laying there and she's all sweaty and in pain. And it looked like she was in labor. I thought she was having a baby in the curtain. I have a question. <laughs> like, this is, it's an interesting thought. It it, it occurred to me. I'll be the judge of that. So is she, is she sucking the sanity out of them? Is she stealing their sanity? Or is she giving them her crazy i would have to vote sucking their sanity that's my thought too mostly on the fact that she mentions like sucking brains out because it makes much more sense that she would be consuming sanity than generating crazy and also from a feminist standpoint i think that's a much nicer way to look at it i mean yeah (laughs) this also makes me think like that would imply that sanity is an attribute that we possess and that we can lose. Or it could just be... And that that's an interesting thought. Could I just think. be a brain chemical. And I mean, I'm no doctor, but some sort of brain chemical that we need to maintain our sanity, that she also needs to maintain her sanity, but is incapable of generating personally. That's an interesting thought. Maybe she cannot produce dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin. I mean, something like that, except that would just cause severe depression, not necessarily cold sweats and psychosis. I, the brain is weird. The brain is I'm weird. Aware. <laughs> I'm aware. I'm highly aware. But anyway, yeah, it's a mailman. She sucks the sanity out of him. And she's instantly better. Yep. It explains why that package I ordered was late, though. <laughs> Finally. I wish they'd just told me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, that's a bad joke. All right. So, <laughs> so Jinx, uh, we, we have a new stupid demon here. Yes. This, well, this one's name is Jinx. So we got Dreg and we got Jinx. Correct. Well, the one she's talking to now for the fir- this in this scene is Dreg. It's Jinx's later. No, I think it's the other way. It's the other way around on my transcript anyway. And they're usually pretty good at... Uh, getting the names right i mean i got drag from the the wiki for this scene and it, it had drag for this minion and well jinx they're, they're the both in this scene but i'm pretty sure jinx is the one who says we have found the signs of the alignment are moving faster than expected like they both have lines but yeah that one i'm pretty sure was jinx so not that it matters they're both they both look identical they were both in episodes of fraser by the way really i looked them both up because i thought one of them was the guy that played Loki on Supernatural, but he's ah. not. I was wrong. And um, both, they've both been in Frasier. <laughs> yep. I, it was funny, actually, how many similar things they had been in. 
uh, throughout their careers. I looked down both of their IMDb's. Maybe they're friends. They probably are. Maybe they are both getting these bits as as these minions because, like, you know, they hired Dreg and they're like, hey, we need another minion. He's like, hey, I know a guy. I know a guy. Exactly. And they don't necessarily have to be friends so much as uh, respectable colleagues, you know? Yeah. (laughs) God damn it. Fucking memes. There's a, a meme I saw today that postulated the question, are washers and dryers real friends or are they just work friends? (laughs) <laughs> my my theory is that they're begrudging roommates they would have to be it's a really stupid question though and then, <laughs> i'm not going to waste another second thinking about it <laughs> and who says that work friends can't become real friends or begrudging roommates in fact some of the best arranged marriages turn out to be the most loving marriages i had a work friend that became a begrudging roommate <laughs> uh didn't it start the other way around though it started as acquaintance work friend then begrudging roommate so jinx says to (laughs) to glory we have found that the signs of the alignment are moving faster than expected and it's a good thing because if buffy's the only thing between glory and the key then glory doesn't need much time and she has more time for shopping 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 shoes 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 because um she she really likes retail outlets, as she yeah. mention, mentions in this scene. Um, and what do you get at retail outlets, Rex? Shoes. Shoes. Yeah. Shoes, 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 shoes. Well, and she's holding shoes in this scene. Was she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Opening sequence. Lots of cat meows. <laughs> They're probably in heat, because that's more fun. <laughs> Well, this guy wants to fight with weapons. I've got it covered from A to Z. From axe to the other axe. I'm fairly certain I said no interruptions. Back to a bunch of stuffed shirt douchebags. Yeah. Raiding at- the magic box. Yep, to the magic box where Quentin and a gaggle of watchers. You know, for a bunch of stuffy cunts who don't actively have anything to do with the epicenter of the axis of evil on this planet anymore, boy, are they eager to strut back in with the (laughs) smuggest, I see you need me now, I told you so, attitude that may have ever happened on this planet. (laughs) I I really can't fucking wait for their cockiness to completely (sighs) bite their dicks off and spit them back into their butts. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. We don't kink shame here at Beer with I mean, the, the whole damn scene, they they come in, they come in and they're like immediately up in Giles' shit about him selling stuff that they think is unsafe. Yeah. And they, they close his fucking store. I mean, he was selling crystals with a troll in one of them. And you know you what? Know. That is his prerogative. <laughs> it's his store, free country. He can sell what he wants to. Yeah. There are no government regulations on crystal trolls. (laughs) That we know of. And, I mean, do they even have American citizenship? No. Of course, neither does Giles, but... Right. The point is, they're up in Giles' shit, and there's no fucking cause for it. And they immediately close down his shop and tell all of his customers to leave. It's just fucking rude. It was, and Giles calls them out on having planned to do this before they even got there, which they do not deny. Nope. They don't confirm, but they sure as shit don't deny. 
So, yeah, apparently, Quentin explains that they're putting him and Buffy under review. Review. <laughs> and, of course, Giles is not happy about I'm this. just like, if you recall, they don't fucking work for you anymore. Right. Are you going to give them this information or not? Well, yeah, but they're going to be as big a bitches about it as they possibly yeah. can in the process. I got a quote of the day here from Giles. Um, as everyone leaves and they're walking over to the table and Quentin is sitting down, Giles just walks up and you all just stand around and look somber. <laughs> yeah, I Good like job. That. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never heard someone say good job in such a way that sounds so deeply like fuck you and the horse you rode in on. So deeply loathsome. Yeah. Yes. Well portrayed. Anthony Stewart had used his acting on that one. <laughs> Very well. He could he could outact Calculon, I swear. Calculon. Any day of the week. <laughs> well, it'd be a it'd be a rough one. <laughs> be quite the tournament. Yeah, so apparently Quentin's whole fucking spiel here is they have this important information about glory but it's dangerous and they have to assess buffy and giles to make sure that they are prepared to have this information it's super super dangerous to give you a stupid secret very very important information and then it's time for the weed and flip yep giles says you can trust her Buffy's come very far recently. She's acquired a remarkable focus. Cut to Buffy not focusing. Yay! <laughs> I blame you specifically, Rex. I liked um, these moments. I used to like these moments. I think I'm I would sorry. still I would still like them if it weren't for you. You're a bad person. You're a very bad man. We we have a podcast about critiquing a show. You're the bad man. We're, we're supposed to critique the show, and I critiqued it. Go, I did my job. Go eat some Eggo waffles. It was my job. I'm a mouth breather. <laughs> I'm not a mouth breather. You're a mouth breather. Now I'm just quoting Stranger Things, if you didn't notice. So. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> All righty, then. You're the bad man. You're the bad man. <laughs> that's, 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 all I, that's all I was going with that there. Uh, so Buffy yawns during a super boring sounding lecture. Then as she mutters something under her breath about Rasputin being nearly impossible to kill. And all she really does is like repeat with a question mark half of a sentence that the professor said. Nearly impossible. That's like all she says. How can he be nearly impossible to kill? <laughs> and... <laughs> And he, she gets called out by her impossibly shitty professor, but which, you know, actually that completely tracks. I'm not a fan of most academic types. Right. So she says something that sounded completely reasonable to me, and in fact, super intelligent and demonstrative of critical thinking. As she points out that there are conflicting accounts of Rasputin's death, including sightings of him as late as the 1930s. As an example, she points out that there was near consensus among the academic community. How can there be near consensus in the academic community? <laughs> Egg and my face were squarely in alignment. <laughs> What's Jen doing with the internet? All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm forever. I'm, I'm not coming back to it. Bullshit. <laughs> Look at those lights. What do they do? Watch. Blink. 
blink. Double blink. What's that mean? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Noel Fielding is one of my true heroes. Now, you know, I really didn't like his character at first. Maybe I'm the one that needs the Adderall today. <laughs> um, so she points out there are conflicting accounts of Rasputin's death, including uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, near consensus among the academic community about also about Columbus too until someone asked the Vikings what they were up to in the 1400s and they said oh discovering this America shaped continent and uh, you know this is a paraphrase of what she said to her teacher but not far off and he takes offense to this because he's just as stuffy as all these motherfuckers filling the goddamn magic box right now yep so this crusty old white man, Professor Fuckface McGee over there, seems so fucking <laughs> fragile that he just has to mansplain to her that history is about facts, little girl. He may as well have said little girl. And maybe she should start her own class called Speculation 101, Intro to Flights of Fancy. Now, I actually read almost the entire Wikipedia page on Rasputin because of this. I also looked it up. Yeah. That's neat. Because I was like, all right, fuckface, <laughs> it's on. According to Wikipedia on Rasputin's death, I quote, according to historian Douglas Smith, what really happened at the Yusupov home on the 17th of December will never be known, which is where Rasputin was assassinated. Yep. Purportedly. Well, that's like the one thing that they know is that's where he was assassinated, but they only have... This one fucker's account on it, which seems a little uh, supernatural. Yeah, because he was like he was poisoned and shot multiple times and then wrapped up in a rug and thrown in a river. They they shot him three times, once in the chest. I didn't get where the second one went. And then in the fucking forehead. Yep. After having eaten a bunch of cakes and three glasses of wine that were all laced with arsenic. I don't know if it's possible to be... To, to build up an immunity? Uh, it is not, because arsenic <laughs> is a heavy metal. Okay. And so the kind of death you have with arsenic is essentially your body being unable to process the heavy metal. Okay. Um, and it's not something that you can just naturally be immune could, to? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. No. Otherwise... It, it would be on par of being naturally immune to lead. Right. Like, that's just not... It's not happening. Yeah, you would almost literally be Superman if you were immune yeah. to arsenic. Yeah. Okay. So, it seems the entirety of known history might as well be called Speculation 101. And there's no fucking point arguing about it because when something is lost, it's fucking lost. And we can only ever speculate yeah. about it ever again. And basically, it becomes a campfire story more than a history based in hard facts. Well, and I mean, for fuck's sake, all history was written by one fucking perspective. There's a lot of fucking perspectives out there. Which is all that Buffy is suggesting is yeah. maybe we take a look at it from a different perspective and it might be more interesting. Which is the main point that he takes offense to is, well, if you're so bored by cold, hard facts, you don't want to look at it from... The most intelligent white man's perspective. Yeah, because that's what college is for. Yeah. Well, uh, it turns it out. Depends on depends on the college, depends on the professor. Yeah. <laughs> I've had professors like this fucker, and he was teaching math. 
I this oh my god I spent so much fucking time on my math homework for that class I literally handed it to him on the last day in a big packet like we were supposed to he literally flipped through it like it was a fucking animation oh Jesus and put a C minus on it I've never ever wanted to punch somebody in the face so hard and not done it um so my partner is in a master's program right now and was telling me about this professor that they had back in uh undergrad and this this professor was proud that most students failed his class <laughs> of course he was so we pulled up his rating on whatever that i brain fart i can't think of rateyourprofessor.com right yeah 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 and he has a 2.7 out of 10 I, I can't remember if it's out of 5 or out of 10 but i'd like, be surprised if it's 2.7 out of 5 it might be out of 10 but like he's bad yeah very bad but if you were to give 2.7 out of 5 a letter grade that's like a d yeah <laughs> yeah his class i guess was rated as being hard but like it sounds like he was just the kind of dude that had a huge stick up his ass. So many professors, they don't give a shit about content. All they compare, all they care about is compliance. Yep. It's disgusting. And fuck compliance. And like everything Buffy said, it sounded like she had some great fucking thoughts going on about what was going on. And he just hated that. So, you anyway, know, fuck this guy. That's definitely the theme of the episode. Fuck <laughs> these crusty old white men. Yes. <laughs> you know, now that you say that uh, how a lot of professors just care about compliance, that makes a lot of sense as to why I was really, really bad at school. Yeah. Because uh, I have this thing called oppositional defiance disorder, mm -hmm. which makes me... Add that to the list. Oppositionally defiant? Yeah. I, I, when... I, I don't mesh well with authorities. <laughs> And unfortunately, when you're teaching high school, you're lucky if you can get any actual teaching in throughout the day because you're spending 90, 95% of your time just trying to get them to pay attention and, yeah. and listen. So you have to spend too much of your time on compliance. And it shouldn't be that way. There's just, it is a broken fucking system. Oh, yeah. And for fuck's sake. Learning is actually really fucking awesome and fun. It's very easy to make it fun. Yeah. God damn. Fuck um, school. I, I hated school. Mm -hmm. I, I've learned so much more outside of school than Absolutely. I ever learned in school. I, I heard a very poignant interview with a guy that has a PhD in education. And the main thing he had to say was, you look at literally every other industry, if you look at a picture from it, from a hundred years ago and now it looks completely different yep you look at a classroom a hundred years ago and now they look fucking identical and that is disgusting yes and like we've not scratched the surface of proper ways to teach humans new things feel free to tell me if this next part gets a little too personal because i'm told i have boundary issues but I'm her. I am great, and I am beautiful, and I want to remove all eyes turned to me because my name is a holy name, and you won't listen. So anyway, yeah. away from that tangent, uh, <laughs> we cut to graveyard. Uh, graveyard. Where Buffy's, you know, 
taking out her aggression on a vampire. She's venting about fuckface McGee while she fights a vampire. Yeah. My favorite part was when the vampire's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah. But then, Spike! Spikey, 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 Spike, Spike! Literally jumps into the scene and... Dusts it, that motherfucker. Yeah. And he's like... Uh, Spike over the top gets the steal. There you go. You're welcome. Yeah. I'll take your never-ending gratitude anytime you want to give it to me. <laughs> Some shit like that. And she's like, um, I didn't need you. I never need you, Spike. And because Spike is, of course, the most emotionally intelligent individual on the planet, as we all know, he responds to this super maturely. <laughs> Which is to say, he proceeds to be the absolute worst manipulative, emotionally abusive asscock out of retaliation for not getting the praise he so desperately craves and doesn't deserve. It's very obvious that he's negging. Go on. There's there's a, a pickup routine like that, that oh god I've probably super, I guess it's I've, super hyper toxic I guess I've heard this word negging before yeah. and didn't understand what it, it meant it's a it's a super toxic masculine alpha male how to pick up women bullshit thing uh -huh. where you go up and you start negging where you're basically talking shit about the woman to her face to her face and like it. It's about making it so that the woman wants your approval and some shit like that. Okay, yeah. I, I never connected that term with that practice, yeah. which I have heard of. Yeah. Um, which and is that's, fucked up. That's precisely what he's fucking doing here. Except he's not doing it proactively. He's doing it defensively, which doesn't make it any better. Right. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, it's a shit show. He starts out with, oh, I get it. You just don't like who did the rescue in that soul. Wishing I was your boyfriend. What's his face? Oh, wait, he's run off. But it, it really makes me just like, okay, you know what? I was, there was a little, little <laughs> tiny, there was a little tiny child in me holding a spike flag going, come on, Spike, <laughs> hook up with Buffy. You can do it. And this just kind of kicked that little kid across the room. This whole scene, I get this image of like, Buffy steps into an elevator that has like 30 fucking buttons and Spike runs in and pushes them all and then runs away. <laughs> Fuck you! Basically. Because um, she's like, you're disgusting. Oh, rough talk. Maybe that's your problem. Maybe you push him away. Or is it the other? Maybe you cling too much. Or maybe your beauty's fading. The stress of slaying, aging you prematurely. Things not as high, not as firm. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, so this is a great plan, Spike. Fucking genius. Yeah. Let's go ahead and give her body dysmorphia and slut shame her for having had two, count them, two committed relationships at completely separate times. The very definition of not being a slut. I mean, for fuck's sake, grand total, she's only been with three fucking people. Right, because what was the other one? Scott? Oh, I can't. I think, I think is that his name? I think so. I can't fucking remember Who that cares? twaff. Fuck that guy. Fuck that twaffle. Thank you. You're I welcome. I fucking tripped over that. Twaffle. Twaffle. Yes. Twaffle. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> A twat waffle. <laughs> twat twaffle. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Scott doesn't count. Fuck that guy. Scott never counts. Cut to the hospital. Where, hey, Dreg pulls Ben aside and uh, I guess wants Buffy information. Yep. 
That's that's about it. Yeah. He tells Ben that Glory specifically wants information on the Slayer. Ben doesn't know the Slayer. Oh, but he he does know Buffy. Dreg knows that he knows Buffy, but he didn't know that she was the Slayer. But now he does. Luckily, he doesn't seem terribly interested in hurting Buffy. Yes. And refuses to give up any information about her or her friends. But you know who he terribly seems interested in hurting? Dreg? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we don't learn that. It cuts away. And we learn that momentarily. But first, the magic shop. Where Giles is talking about Buffy's training to Quentin and just kind of going over the stuff. He's, he's trying to convince them that they don't need to do the review. Yeah. He's like, I'm sure that you'll see after I've explained to you her training regimen and everything that you'll see that it's thoroughly unnecessary. And then Buffy strides through the door or she cracks the door open and she sees the whole watchers council there and she's like well strike three and buffy's bad day just turned into a real cow pie because the council of course is there explaining that they're an adult (laughs) and that's why they're holding vital information hostage on account of their egos and if buffy doesn't pass their review by either display of incompetence or resisting their recommendations which by the way is the equivalent of resisting arrest (laughs) the biggest bullshit charge that ever bullshit charged its way into our legal system on the planet what was he arrested for resisting yeah it's it's a fucking infinite loop of bullshit. Yep. Um. And so yeah, that. And then they're gonna throw it on the ground, Rex. <laughs> That's what they're gonna do. You're so spoiled, Buffy. Don't you know that I always get my way? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. G- Giles. No conflict of interest there whatsoever. Right. Giles gets quite reasonably defensive and angry. Uh huh. And yeah. I would be so fucking pissed with their bullshit. Oh, completely. I, I, I really love that at no point did the council ever try to bother to vaguely explain why they can't possibly release this information. They didn't even try to be like, it's too dangerous if it were to fall into the wrong hands. They didn't even say that. They're just like, no, we're just not going to give it to you until you jump through these hoops. They didn't even try to say that it's too dangerous otherwise. I get their motive here. It's fucked up and everything, but I get I get their motive. They're like they they need control. They they need to stick their dick in the pudding. They just <laughs> really need to stick their dick in it. It's just who they are. And like I I get that, but like they're talking about essentially the end of the world. Seriously. And yeah. they're going to be like we're not going to help you save our lives. Because you kind of snubbed us a while ago when we fucked with you too much, and we didn't like that. You won't let us control your life in every tiny aspect because you're weak. So you know what? Since since you won't let us control your entire life, we're just going to let everyone die. Yeah. Because who the fuck else could they even give this information to? And what the fuck are they personally going to do with it besides sit around fingering their own assholes and then snuffing their neighbor's fingers while the world burns around them? Fucking nothing and nobody. That's what... You always get so graphic when you're angry. You're welcome. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with any of that. We don't kink shame here at Beer with Buffy. (laughs) Unless it's poop. Okay, fine. Do whatever you want with your poop. (laughs) 
I'm happy just, for just you. We don't want to participate. Also, you. <laughs> so happy for you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> back to glory oh yeah uh. drag's telling glory whose face is now quite fucked up yes his eye is swollen mm-hmm. shut and he's got multiple lacerations it's really difficult to tell what part of his face shouldn't look fucked up it really is it, it, to be completely fair it wasn't a pretty face to begin with exactly my point um, but yeah basically we learn what ben's message was and ben's message was Fuck off! Fuck off! Exactly. <laughs> so she whines a bit about how Ben drives her crazy and nobody understands her. And uh, she confuses poor Dreg and gets her hands uncomfortably close to his face yeah. in the same sentence mentioning he's the only one whose brain she hasn't sucked out. And he... Uh, this What she says is one of my quotes. Okay. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Because she's explaining how upset she is and everything and how nobody understands anything. And uh, Dreg responds with essentially just yes-manning her. Uh-huh. Um, and then she says, she hugs him and she's like, sweet, lumpy minion. You're the only one who understands. Probably because I haven't sucked your brain out yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's clearly just got no idea... What to do with this level of physical affection. He's also noticeably terrified. <laughs> yes. like he, he is afraid. For that, his life. Yeah, as, as he should be. And yet would also surrender his life in a moment if she required it of him. Yeah. Because, you know, he's that level of minion. He is, in fact. Mm. Yeah, so he cringes, understandably, at any movement of her hands towards his face. <laughs> Because as as we've seen as we've seen multiple times, that is how she sucks the brain dry. Is her yeah. fingers just phase through their temples into the brain, and they make the macaroni noise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also that, and uh, oh by the way, um, she resolves to find Buffy herself instead. Yes, and then we head back to the magic box. Uh huh. Where Buffy and Giles are kind of chatting about the situation having a mutual pity party if you will about how badly the council has them over a barrel and giles says he thinks he might just go ahead and punch quentin in the face yeah and boy howdy well first he's like i should have let you loose on him is what i should have done and buffy's like giles the dude's like 60 i can't punch him oh sure she can can i punch him i don't see what the problem is buffy (laughs) i say go for it but yeah, Giles is like, I suppose not. Well, I could. You know what? I think I will. I believe I shall. <laughs> pip, pip. <laughs> he deserves to be punched. He really does. Yeah. I was really hoping that was going to happen by the end of the episode. Spoiler right. alert, it does not. <sighs> so disappointing. I know. But Buffy second guesses herself because she's been within arm's reach of glory and couldn't defeat her at yeah. least twice now or even figure out what else she was about or interested in other than she wants the key. So, you know, that's why you're asking for help from these asshats. Duh. I mean, and Giles points out that just as Buffy's kind of slowly getting into self-pity, Giles points out that no, Buffy, 
you are not in the wrong here. You are doing everything within your ability properly. This is one of my quotes of the day. Yeah, go right ahead. Because Giles sums it all up quite nicely in his infinite wisdom as he says, Buffy, calm down. The scandal here is not anything you've done wrong. It's the way they're behaving. Holding what they know hostage with a gun pointed at my bleeding green card, no less. It's humiliating. Which, yeah, that 100% calls out their bullshit right there. They are the travesty. They are the scandal. Yeah, we forgot to mention that he that the Watchers specifically threatened to close down the magic box and, and have Giles deported. Yes. Which that is fucking evil. Yeah. Like it's it's not bad enough that they already fucking fired yeah. him and he's still been doing his job this whole time. Yeah. And like for fuck's sake, for fuck's sake, you're going to come in when, like, you've had no association with them for a good long while. A couple of years. And you're going to come in and be like, oh, since you're not going to play our game, we're going to fuck you sideways. Even though it's well within our mutual interest to help you as much as you fucking need. Yeah. Because that's what they do. They fight <laughs> evil with the Slayer. But they basically all but admit, we're kind of just waiting for you to die so that we can control the new Slayer. Yeah. But it doesn't happen. No. Because she's better than that. I will always be here for you. And you've got Mr. Giles and your friends. Believe me, there's nothing to be afraid of. Cut to an interview montage. Yes. Basically, this whole entire montage is the Scoobies all very much over-answering questions. Oh, absolutely. They they needed to give smug yes or no's the whole time. You know what you do when the police ask you a question, Josh? You shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up. Unfortunately, these aren't the police. I, you still, you shut the fuck up. For the most part, They're, yeah. Assholes like this will twist absolutely everything you say. There's literally nothing you can say that they will not use against you. Correct. As evidenced by the following several several interactions. Yeah. Because they grill Anya and Xander and Willow and Tara about their relationships with Buffy. Yep. And it's all pretty basic stuff that we already know as the, the audience of the show. And there were a few notable humorous moments, like when... Uh, Willow and Tara think that they're asking about their relationship to each other, but they actually meant their relationship to Buffy. And they're like, well, we're, 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 um, we're, we're friends. We're girlfriends. We're good friends. We're, we're girlfriends. We're, we're gay. We're lesbian lovers. And <laughs> shut up. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. And they're like, we actually meant your relationship to Buffy. Hmm. They reply with good friends. And I'm really disappointed because you know where the joke was? The joke was Tara saying, good friends. And Willow saying, no, really, just good friends. <laughs> like, implying that, no, definitely oh. nothing more. Oh, referring to Buffy. Yes. <laughs> like, that, like, that would have been cut, fucking hilarious. Cut back to the other guy raising an eyebrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just good friends. <laughs> Slasher script number three. <laughs> Well, actually, that's like slasher script number yeah, 56. Who knows? At this I point. just meant number three for today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that they basically point out that, you know, Xander, you're completely useless. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but 
I'm, I have heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for instance, there was this one time where I literally functioned as the heart. Yeah. There was this one time where emotionally we, where we cosplayed as Captain Planet and I was the heart. Yeah. That's basically what they did. <laughs> and they had to beat the big green goo monster. Yeah. Cyborg thing. Oh, right. That's what the... I, they were referring to the Adam I fight. couldn't fucking remember for the life of me what it was that they had done that for. Season four. Relatively recent. Yeah. Yeah. Then I like that they're talking to Willow and Terra and they ask what level spellcaster they are. <laughs> and they just completely lie about it. Like they're, they're doing they're their... level five. Like they're doing their taxes. Yeah. And you know, if it's a scale of one to ten, they're probably not far off. Ten. No. It doesn't even matter if one or ten is the highest. Yeah. Uh, five. That's that's a solid number. Yeah, it's not a bad guess when you're not sure what you're what, talking about. I mean, I was buying a $10 bag of coffee today, and they, the self-scanner didn't read it properly, and they asked me how much it cost, and I said $10, and he said, not on my watch, and he put in five. There it is. That's the theme of the day. Yeah. Five. Five whole dollars. This episode of Beer with Buffy brought to you by the number five. Yeah. For coffee. Or which proficiency. You know, speaking of coffee... Uh, the price of coffee is the most detrimental thing to my finances. That's very interesting. Keep talking about that. I'm going to get a fresh cup of coffee. Okay. No, so basically I have I have ADHD, therefore I have impulse control problems when it comes to, to impulse spending. And what it amounts to is if something is roughly around the price of like going out and getting coffee from a coffee shop... It's really fucking hard to resist the purchase because, like, I waste money on coffee all the fucking time. I'm out of material to continue vamping, so I'm sorry. I need feedback to work off of. This monologuing thing is hard. Now I see why you write things down. The one time I needed you to not shut up for at least 30 (laughs) seconds, and you could only make it, like, 25. Also, I have no idea what you were talking about. What were we saying? I was saying that the price of going out for coffee is detrimental to me not spending money because if I... I meant about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because <sighs> I don't care. <laughs> well, you're not helpful. <laughs> no, I'm not. Anyway, after all this, they ask the Scoobies about the key. Nobody knows anything about the key, but then they interview Spike. <laughs> I find it interesting that they interviewed Spike. Yeah? Why is that? Well, like, I understand why they did not kill him. They couldn't have. I mean, they probably could have because he can't hurt them, but they don't necessarily know that. But they also know that, like, Buffy's working with Spike. And I guess, like, why bother interviewing him? I mean, they had a... a, They had a stake-loaded crossbow pointed directly at his chest the whole interview. And they could have easily pulled the trigger at any point in time, but I suspect Spike's reflexes would have been fast enough to oh, bl- yeah. to block it. Yeah. I think he could have easily handled... The- Obviously, he was not in any way intimidated by them. Oh, God, no. No. But I, I found it pretty funny that the woman asking the questions had written her thesis on Spike, and he was very happy about this. Oh, he of course he was. He's a narcissist. Yes. He's very amused. Specifically, he says... Well, well, well. Isn't that neat? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that neat? Tell me, pet. Now we're such good friends. How's the Slayer doing? Is she okay? High marks in all categories. And I love that he really flipped it around and starts questioning them 
in perfect spike manipulation fashion. Oh, yeah. And then starts pumping them for information on Buffy. Like, they were not prepared for this at all. Right. Right. Uh, um, And just real quick, when they were still talking to the other four Scoobies, I thought it noteworthy that they were, they really, were really keeping them on the defensive. Like you said about the police manipulating and turning words yep. back around. They were clearly doing this to fuck with them, keeping them on the runaround um, with shit like... Are you saying the Slayer needs that level of help from you often? And they're like, no, 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 no. She's fine. With Sometimes she just goes off and runs off and does stuff without even telling us. Oh, you just stepped in shit in the other direction, too. Yeah. Just like they want you to. Yep. It's a power grab. It's fucking rhetoric. Oh, yeah. 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 Simple bullshit rhetoric. The only way to win is to not play the game. Correct. That's why when the cops question you, you shut the fuck up. Yep. So we transition uh, using Spike's line, high marks in all categories, to the training room where they're literally testing her on specific categories. See, this is this to me was a good, clever transition that didn't use that same dry joke. Yes. I liked this. They didn't have to cut to the opposite of what was just exactly. said because la la la, it's funny. This whole test is just a ridiculous joke. Right. Like, okay, so... The test is actually to blindfold her, and she is supposed to protect the dummy from Philip, which is just one of the watchers who has an axe. Some fucknut. But specifically, she is supposed to follow Quentin's instructions on what moves to fucking do? Yeah. Like, excuse- Like- This is rigged like a fucking carnival game. Right? That's exactly what this feels like. Yes. Fucking seriously. Like- and on top of that, he knows she doesn't know these Japanese fucking fighting terms. Exactly. And I was surprised that he was even allowing Giles to translate them for her. Well, I think, honestly, the entire reason that Quentin is kind of allowing the gray tactic here. I'm not the, sure. The what tactic? The gray tactic. Like, the just the gray area to be allowed. Like, I don't know how to fucking phrase it. Because he's he's not enforcing the the rules, quote, hard air quotes, rules of the test very well. And I think it's a character a characterization as to why he's not. Because, like, he he's trying to put up this semblance of, oh, you gotta follow our rules. Yeah, the whole thing's a fucking trick. But he has no trick. fucking ground to stand on. And yeah. he knows he has no ground to stand on. The whole thing's a trick question. Yeah, exactly. And that being said... I thought this was fucking hilarious. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Buffy says, fuck it, and does it her way. Yes. And within seconds, maybe not even that long, she lands this fucker Philip on his ass, and uh, she whips the axe behind her, which lands in the dummy's forehead. Yeah. You know. It didn't really make any sense why she whipped the axe behind her. Just hang on to it, you know? I mean... I would say in her defense that chances are the the dummy were a real person would not have just stood there. Also that. I mean, what if it was tied up to a pole or something? Uh, okay, yeah. Valid fucking point. <laughs> but either way, her way means she kicks Philip's ass and breaks a rib. Good on her. Yeah. And it was a dummy. Just saying, oh, yeah. treat the dummy as if it's a real person does not at all make it so. But 
when Buffy is like, oh, no, let me try again. I can do better next time. Quentin's like, no, no, no. I think we're done here. I think it's time. It's time for the real test. The, the strategies <laughs> and plans. The real test is next. Ugh. Oh, please, motherfucker. Be ready at 7 p.m. shop. Go ahead and do whatever it is you do to prepare. I'm like, ah, ah. Fart my face a little more. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> Shove that poopy finger right up my nose. Oh, God. Sick fuck. <laughs> I don't feel violated enough yet. Drake. Fancy bugger on some level mouse for one thing. I got quite a few demons out to me these days. It's blood! So Buffy fucks off home. Yep. Hey, Rex, guess who's there? Well, it couldn't possibly be Glory. Well, it is, Rex. It's Glory. Glorificus in the flesh herself. Look, she just popped in for a moment or two to flex and offer Buffy the non-death of all of her family and friends in exchange for the key. Yes. Who would have guessed? Well, luckily, Buffy's got her poker face with her because Dawn pops in and tries to slink away unnoticed while Glory's giving her villain speech Yep, from an armchair. Evil overlord monologue. In a suburban living room. Yep. You know, you work with what you got. <laughs> um, But yeah, Dawn tries to slink away unnoticed, but Glory is far too godlike. Not that we know that yet. We don't know that yet, but yeah. you know, uh, too godlike to not notice that someone is behind her, let alone Buffy's super fucking obvious expression. Um, Negative marks a little bit for Dawn here because like she's obviously not listening to what Glory is fucking saying because right. the moment Dawn walks in and you, like I actually rewatched the scene. Just to, like, pay attention to what Dawn could have heard. And, like, Dawn walks in and it's like, oh, look, that's an evil villain in the chair. I should not be here. But it took, like, a few moments and, like, some head nods and shit for Buffy to be like, no, Dawn, get the fuck away. I mean, yeah, I can kind of see that happening, though. Like, you're just la-da-da-da-da, you're in your own house, nothing could possibly go wrong here. And... Uh, you know, I'd hear some evil shit and be like, ha, that's a oh shit, you're serious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find that feasible enough. But yeah, we know she knows how to eavesdrop really well. Why wouldn't she stand back and listen for a minute and figure out what's going on? Yeah. Because uh, that's been her habit recently. Yeah, that's fair. That is very fair. But no, she doesn't get to slink away. Glory notices she's there, has her come around, and basically... There's this really, really tense moment, and I think it was done really well with body language. Just the fear that Buffy had of Glory seeing Dawn, because you can tell in the back of her mind she's thinking, oh God, is Glory going to know that Dawn is the key the moment she sees her? Yeah, wouldn't she be able to sense the power yeah. of the key? And she doesn't. Thank she God. She doesn't. Uh -huh. Thank Glory. It's it's almost like the, the monks Keanu. may have had a fucking plan with making the key a human uh-huh that's smart but basically she asks dawn where the key is and luckily dawn doesn't know yeah and this is when the moment where like nobody's informed of shit and this is when it works because like you know 
Dawn's caught off guard and doesn't know enough to spout out the situation. Good thing. And because if she, if she wasn't listening and just thought that this was some random valley girl friend of Buffy's, she'd have spilled all the beans. Yeah, but luckily Glory lets Dawn go away, which Dawn actually huffs off and leaves. Mm-hmm. Luckily for everyone's safety, uh, and then Glory threatens her. Glory threatens Dawn, threatens Joyce, and all Buffy's friends. And yeah, that's like it's it's a tense fucking moment. Yeah, uh, she does luckily decide to fuck off, leaving Buffy shaking in her little booties, but gives her a stern reminder that she wants the key, or next time someone's gonna die. Yeah, you know, I mean, granted, if that takes her four more episodes, she's gonna be right one way or another. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not counting down or anything. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> So, <laughs> completely unrelated, Joyce comes in asking who the hell that was. Buffy tells her to pack a fucking bag, because BT dubs, we're not safe here. Cut to a place I didn't see coming. I know, right? Like, this this was unexpected. Spikey, 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 spikes, lair. Yes, Spike's crypt, where Buffy brings Joyce and Dawn to have Spike watch over them. Yep. Specifically, Buffy kind of strokes Spike's ego a little bit, I think, to, like, make him compliant. But, like... How so? Because she tells Spike that he's the only one strong enough to protect them. Ah. And, like... I think that's mostly true. uh, Come on. If Glory wants them, Glory's gonna have them. Spike isn't gonna be able to do shit to Glory. It's more just a good hiding place. I, yeah, it's more a good hiding place than anything. But, I mean, think about it. Angel's gone. Riley's gone. Uh, but uh. Buffy is the strongest person in this show. Yeah, but she needs to be able to concentrate on other things. Right, but my point is is that she's the strongest person in this show, and she can't fucking protect them from glory. Oh, yeah, one-on-one, obviously, Spike can't fucking take glory, but... If she sends minions instead of coming personally... Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. He can handle that at least. So, like, I mean, I think a toddler could take down Dreg, but that's neither here nor there. So, um, so yeah, welcome to the most unorthodox daycare that ever happened. <laughs> and Spike's behavior here, just for someone who's vying so wholeheartedly for Buffy's approval, he sure is a dick about this. Until, of course, you know, she gets all serious and points out that he's the only one strong enough to protect them, which, you know, we obviously we've yep. already discussed that. But he, he starts to calm down his big boy tits and turn into some semblance of what could easily be misconstrued as a decent human being for a moment. Yeah. But we know better. We know better. Quote of the day, he's like, well, that's a boatload of manly responsibility to come flying out of nowhere. What's the matter, Slayer? Not feeling 100%. No. They didn't put a chip in your head, did they? No. Be funny if they did. (laughs) (laughs) She's just done with his shit. She is very done with his shit. And she's like, by the way, I'll kill you if anything happens to them. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sing me another one. That one's gotten a bit stale. So another quote of the day here. um, From Joyce. Yeah, after Buffy leaves. (laughs) uh, She looks around awkwardly. I, uh... I love what you've uh, neglected to do with the place. (laughs) 
Just don't break anything and don't make a lot of noise. Passions is coming on. And we find out that Joyce and Spike have some common interests. Joyce is a fan. Passions? Oh, do you think Timmy's really dead? Oh, no. She, she can just sew him back together. He's a doll, for God's sake. I don't know anything about Passions. No, it's so. not a real show. Oh, isn't it? No, it's not a real show. Oh. It's a spoof on the idea of, of soap operas. Oh, that's funny. Okay. And Dawn, of course, is annoyed, which is redundant considering she's a teenager. Yeah. And human. We're all just kind of annoyed. Default state. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cut back to the magic box and back and forth between the magic box and an alleyway. Yes. So uh, in the magic box, the Scoobies are up on the the uh, catwalk balcony. I don't know what to call it. Uh, looking down over all the watchers as they mull around the fucking magic box. Buffy is running late and, you know, Quentin's being all fucking uppity about it with his his pocket watch in his hand and she's late blah, 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 blah. look how important i am this is, seriously she doesn't have to handle things that are more important than us ever she doesn't respect that i have a giant stick up my ass and this very expensive pocket watch <laughs> she couldn't possibly have had anything happen like you know there's not possibly vampires that roam around and maybe are eating people how will she know what my farts smell like <laughs> I think this one has a very potpourri aura to it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Um, so, yeah. Ew. Tara specifically wonders why Giles can't just kick them all out, which seems fairly obvious to me at this point. Yeah. Not only does he need information that they have, they're also threatening him with deportation if they don't play their games. As Xander puts it, because if they deport him, they're not just destroying his career, they're condemning the man to a lifetime diet of blood sausage, bangers, and mash. To be fair, I like bangers and mash. I mean, I think there's, <laughs> I think they just like filling Xander full of British stereotypes. Yeah. To make him look stupid. Yeah. But also, the way that they play a lot of their British characters are just big British stereotypes. Yeah. That are really <laughs> two dimensional and shitty. Like all of them being hard nosed and librarians. <laughs> And constantly drinking tea. I mean, I do believe that British people are they do all constantly drink, yeah. drinking tea. Um, <laughs> prove us wrong, please. Uh, we cut to an alleyway in Sunnydale where Buffy gets jumped by three knights. I was calling them medieval ninjas, but they, they kind of look like medieval ninjas. But, but what what know. is a medieval ninja if not just you know a knight? Kind of, I guess. I get well. I, I think of ninjas as being much more nimble than, yeah. a, than a knight. And these guys seemed pretty nimble. They did seem pretty nimble, but, you know, in the end, they're just dudes. And she's the slayer. True. This is a fucking walk-in-the-park fight. Absolutely. It's a pretty good fight. They have some interesting weapons. Like, they, they had fucking, like, steel chrome quarterstaffs and, yeah. and swords. That, and that was neat. That was that was nice to see rather than just the normal, you know, vampires throwing fists. But. Yep. So she's straddling one of them and I'm sure he's very confused <laughs> in this moment. Uh as he explains to her that they are the Knights of Byzantium, an ancient order, and they're trying to protect the world by destroying the key and they're prepared to send a thousand soldiers against Buffy to make it happen if necessary. Yeah. And Buffy's like, "Ah, fuck you. Get out of here." 
Go on, get out of here, you bother me, see? If you kill me, there will be a legion who follows. Well, then I guess I won't kill you, guess, bye. Uh, you're, <laughs> you have no consequence to me. Get out of here, you little scamp. Go buy some ice cream. Uh, <laughs> and uh, presumably the other two are just going to have very bad headaches later from all the brain damage. Yeah, they definitely have brain damage. Well, and here's the thing, though. <laughs> That's funny. Thank you. They I'm, de- they de- I'm a very funny man. <laughs> they definitely all have brain damage. Because here's the thing. Up until the moment when Buffy pulls the mask off the one, she thinks they're not people. She didn't pull any punches. Oh, right? <laughs> yeah, she thought they were demons. <laughs> so, oops. they definitely had brain damage. For the very least, <laughs> probably some hairline fractures. Yeah. And some massive bruises. Yeah. <laughs> if not full-on concussions. And hey, in the end, though, she gets a cool sword. She does. And this cool sword gets to function perfectly as her big floppy phallus as she yes. walks into the room. And not nearly forcefully enough, in my opinion, slaps it down on the table in front of Quentin. Okay, this whole scene is fucking brilliant. Literally, the only criticism I have is that she doesn't let Quentin carry on with his bullshit just a little bit more before slapping it down. I think that would have been a little more satisfying. I just wanted her to be more forceful and loud. She was way too nice about it. Yeah. You know, though... I wanted her to really scare the piss out of all of them. I I agree that she should have on some level. However... I appreciate the level of control that it displayed because she didn't right. need to get angry because she realized how much power she has over them. Which is to say all of the power. All of it. Yes. Yeah. The whole the whole bit is essentially she finally understands what power means and the fact that A, they need her. She doesn't need them. Correct. They aren't here to review her. They're here to Beg on their hands and knees, please, please let us back in. We're sad and feeling unimportant, and we haven't stuck our dick in any pudding lately. Yes. And uh, Buffy sums up very well in one line here. That is a quote of the day. Basically what I feel like I've been saying all along, but maybe I haven't been portraying it so much as I've been thinking it. The idea that she's the one with the power and what fucking leg do they have to stand on? Anyway, the quote is, uh, Buffy says, you guys didn't come all the way from England to determine whether or not I was good enough to be let back in. You came to beg me to let you back in to give your jobs, your lives, some semblance of meaning. Yep. And that was the, the nail in the coffin on the matter. They were like, shit, she's figured us out. And one of the funny moments, one of the watchers had started to say something as she's like gearing up for her whole speech. And she's like, you're going to listen to me and no interruptions. And then well, this is nothing but pure. She throws the sword at his head. It doesn't it doesn't stab him in the head. It stabs into the wall next to him. Unfortunately. And she goes, I'm fairly certain I said no No interruptions. interruptions. Yes. (laughs) And he shuts the fuck up like he ought to. Oh, he sure does. That is, yep. Dar, that's what happens. Yeah. And so she starts laying out her terms. They're going to tell her all the information they know about Glory. And they're going to fucking wait in England 
and give her a call the moment they learn anything more. Like good little boys. And then on top of that, that means that they will reinstate Giles as a watcher with pay. Retroactively. Retroactively. <laughs> that was exceptionally well done. I, I love that. It. I My favorite part is that it wasn't covert at all. And it just like... Mm. <laughs> mm, it was good. And then the best it, it part... It had teenager levels of insolence about it. Yes. And he's like, fuck you. Yeah. It, but the best part, though, is the tail end of it when she's like... It will be me, my watcher, and my team. And the woman who wrote the thesis on Spike mm-hmm. like steps up and she's like, "Um, I, I don't want a sword thrown at me, but <laughs> they're civilians. Oh, I'm going to keep working with these worthless civilians who happen to be two powerful witches, a thousand-year-old demon, and a child who's clocked more field hours than the lot of your foppy, crumpet-eating asses combined. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> and then up in the peanut gallery, we get a little bit of Willow's like, that. that's Riley speak. <laughs> <laughs> I've clocked field time. I've clocked field time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah. Buffy. But also like, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I guarantee if demons busted in right now, Xander would keep his head cooler than any three of the watchers combined absolutely he got his ass kicked by a troll just last episode yeah and uh, i mean you saw just how scared they looked just talking to spike right come on right come on look if we look back to when uh wesley first showed up how fucking out of his goddamn depth he was oh absolutely yeah, they're just a bunch of fucking paper pushers yep. and book nerds. So Buffy very effectively says to all of them, you're going to tell me what I want to know and you're going to fuck off. And when you get there, keep fucking off until you fucked off full circle right back to here and then fuck off again. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, what kind of demon am I dealing with here? Oh, well, that's an interesting question, young lady. She's actually not a demon at all. She is a god. Bum, bum, ba, boom. Gurg. Gurg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall walk in Hold on. You've got something here, huh? <sighs> Well, how'd you feel about this episode, Rex? It was actually quite good. I was a little worried at first Mm. because I'm like, oh, the fucking super twatty ass goddamn council are going to be here. This is going to be fucking stupid. Right. I I fully appreciate that they didn't drag out the council the council bullshit any more than they really had to. Yeah. And it was all really just a ploy to to a to bring the Scooby Gang closer together as a group. Yep. And to point out how much more effective they were beforehand anyway. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because it's easy to sit back and go, oh, I hate these assholes. But that hate was generated on purpose and it served its purpose. Exactly. And then they let it go. They were really the monster of the week in this episode. I think my favorite thing about all of this, though, is 
Like, yeah, their motive was purely selfish. Like, oh, we don't we don't get to fuck with this anymore. We we aren't important. We want to be important again. But this whole fucking thing turned out to just be the exact thing that Buffy had to have happen to pull her head out of her ass and understand where she stands and how much in control she actually is of the situation. Yeah. Ironically, this review that they did uh, helped her get a handle on that and the power dynamic that was clearly incorrect reflected the situation that she's having with Glory and she realized, oh shit, I have the power over Glory too because of the situation with the council. So it uh, completely unintentionally helped her. Yeah, and now now she has more information about Glory. I mean, I'm I'm assuming they know more than just Glory is a god. I'm really hoping they know more than just that. I'm assuming that's all <laughs> going to get filled in between episodes, and we're going to find out what the rest of that is next episode, hopefully, or it'll be a slow trickle revealed throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. But anyway, the the last few things to say on the episode, I think, are... The pacing was fantastic. There wasn't a moment that I felt was wasted. Um, like, they didn't even show us how how the fuck Glory figured out where Buffy lives. Like, because that wasn't fucking important at all. We didn't even need to know. Once you know the name Buffy and then you're yeah. in a small enough city, it's not that hard. Exactly. Like, Sunnydale's small. The name Buffy Summers, easy to figure that out. Yeah. Um, I don't think she had a last name, though. But whatever. Still, how many fucking people are named Buffy? Exactly. But, yeah. I've met exactly two of them. It was a nice, well-edited, well-paced fucking episode. So much so that I looked up who directed it. And it's the same fucking director as Something Blue and Fool for Love. Which were both significantly good episodes. Oh, yeah, okay. They brought out the big guns. And this person, this this was the third episode that he had directed, and there are three more left. Okay. I'm looking forward to those. Yeah, let's see if we can pick those out of the crowd. But yeah, I thought this episode was clever. Like you said, good pacing, uh, well-written. We had a good spread of moments for each and every character, it yep. seemed like. No, like, super, like, ridiculous, over-the-top moments of funny. Mm -hmm. Nothing that made me, like, have to pause and laugh for, like, five, ten minutes or anything like that. But, like, it was all super solid, and there were some good good humorous moments and everything. Mm -hmm. But nothing nothing fucking ham-handed in there or anything like that. Yeah, and I, I feel like we even got a good even spread of character growth. Oh, yeah. Kind of across the board. Yeah. I completely agree it like you said it brought the scoobies together as more of a cohesive group it solidified everyone feeling you know pretty fucking confident yeah and what i was trying to say earlier was um in that vein was that the the conflict of the council being there they're there to create uh conflict and demonstrate the power of the scoobies yeah um that they take for granted and just how much the shit they can really handle as well as bring them closer together by the end of the episode. Well, and it makes, it makes perfect sense to me that they would kind of lose track of that just on the grounds of like, 
they are in their own eyes still just fucking high school students practically like yeah they don't see their own growth Mm -hmm. it's very hard to see your own growth when you're still in the fucking thick of whatever is going on absolutely so like yeah i think this this was a well well needed breath of fresh air I'm really, really looking forward to the second half of this season now. I tend to always uh, really enjoy any episode that fills us in a little bit more on a big bad, but that's not always 100% the case. Right. Yeah. This was actually a good big bad episode. Yeah. Not one of those little, we're going to sprinkle in the big bad, but it's really just a monster of the week. I called the council the monster of the week, if you want to stick with that metaphor, but it really doesn't apply. The council is a recurring entity. Yeah, exactly. And so this this one just had more meat to it than we're used to. I feel full. Yeah. Satisfyingly full. Yes. Getting that protein. Got a quote of the day? Hoorah. Yeah, I think I got a quote of the day. I'm going to go with Joyce. I love what you've um, <laughs> neglected to do with the place. She's she can be she can be clever. You know, I <laughs> I uh, I this, almost handed it to that line too. This whole scene is just further proof that nothing is a greater source of comedy than Joyce and Spike in the same room at the same time. I I really liked the scene with, with the two of them. Like they're both really good actors and they have great banter chemistry between them. And I, I, just the the weird dichotomy of the differences between the two characters and how yeah. well they get along. Yeah. It's very yin-yang of them. I love it. So what's your quote of the day, Rex? So I mentioned part of this line. I'm actually going to do the whole exchange between Giles and Quentin. Um, it's the continuation of Giles saying, you all stand there and look somber. You need help? Do you want me yeah. to get half of it? Sure. Giles says, you all stand around and look somber. Good job. And Quentin's like, you used to respect us, Giles. You used to be one of us. You used to pay me. If you recall, firing me was not my idea. Yeah. I just, I like that because it's like, really, Quentin, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but really, fuck that guy. Not yeah. literally, but fuck that guy. Yeah. That was some horse cockery right there, definitely. But you used to respect us. Yep. <laughs> Beyond that, it's like, well, that was before you fired him. Yeah. Dipshit. That was before you specifically did things that garnered his disrespect. Why would... Oh, it's so... In, it's maddening, I tell you. By the way, before we close out, I have some behind-the-scenes tidbits. Ew. No, uh... Last Friday, we're recording this on a Sunday, Sunday the 6th specifically, so the 4th of March is Edgar's Gotcha Day. Uh. So this is roughly the third year anniversary of us having this cat on our podcast. Huh. We've been doing this podcast a, a, a while. Um, I mean, we started recording spring of 2018, so it's really four years. Yeah. And, you know, oh, three, three, years, three of, years of having Edgar on the show. Yeah, there it is. Wow, Edgar, we've never not been doing a podcast as far as you know. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> he, 
He's he's been in, interrupting our podcast the whole time I've had him. <laughs> well done. Good show. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Anyway, this has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group where you will get all sorts of juicy, juicy memes. Mm, so juicy. And, you know, hopefully more memes because... It, it, I was going to say, we're a little lacking on the yeah. uh, the volume of said content. But what's there is high quality, I yes, assure yes. you. Um, I've been trying to come up with more shit to, to post on there. Uh-huh. And I always love interacting with any of the fans who do post on there. But also, we're not above you guys just coming on there and posting some good memes. We'd prefer that they were vaguely on subjects. But hey, you know, if you don't want to join our Facebook and you still want to talk shit about us or say nice things about us, we'd prefer nice things, you can do so on iTunes where you can give a review. And if you give a review and send us evidence of that review, we will send you a free sticker. Free stickers. It's not a myth. No, it is not a myth. And you'll also be in the running to win from our next drawing for a a free hoodie, which we can't even seem to give away. Yeah, seriously. But if you would prefer to support us in a more capitalistic manner, you can do that too with Patreon, where you can just give us your money. And, you know, you get you can get stuff in return. All you have to like, do is go to patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. And if you would like to purchase some of our merch, you can do that at beerwithbuffy.com slash shop. Correct. If you'd like to get in touch with us, there are a few ways to do that. Obviously, you can message us on Facebook and Twitter, but you can also give us an email, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can also text us or give us a call through our phone number, which is 269-743-0783. And then lastly, as always, thank you so much to JJ Treadway for Transition Music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. done why are we watching this <laughs>